It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Are you ready to update your flooring? Well, don't miss the Lowe's Floor event going on now through October 31st. Come in today and get free Stainmaster carpet installation with the purchase of any Stainmaster carpet and pad. Or check out tile and laminate flooring for only $0.68 cents per square foot. For these and more great values, check out the Lowe's Floor event now through October 31st. Lowe's. Never stop improving. Offers valid through 1031. Some restrictions apply. See store for details. This is Mark Grace, and you're listening to Ready to Unload with Cal and Sandpeed. Everybody, it is Tuesday night. It is 9:30 p.m. It is time for Ready to Unload with Cal and Sam Pete, New York Sports Talk Podcast Radio Show, etc., etc., etc. And good evening on October the 11th, 2011, episode 11-30. I'm one of your hosts, Steve San Pietro, joining you live from the studios in Bayside, Dumpling Sound Studios 2. That is. And uh, let's get this show going. Let's get this episode going. There's a ton to talk about. We're going to have some fun. I swear it's going to be nice. Uh, let's bring in uh, my co-host, my partner in crime, my partner in grime, Caltino. Cal Senio. Cal. <laughs> Cal. Pino. Caliente. Mr. Brian Calneva, that's a hotel on the border of Nevada and California, owned once by Frank Sinatra. Brian Calvi, hi, Bri. Hey, Steve. How are you? I'm good. I'm welcome, real good. Welcome to the show. Are you excited? Yeah, yeah, I'm, I'm ready to go. Cal, we've been doing this show almost two years, right? Almost. And this is like a cool night to do the show because... There's not a lot of local stuff going on. I mean, we're going to talk Jets and Giants later, and certainly there's plenty to talk about, especially with the New York Jets, right? But baseball is over for the New York area. Hockey has just started up. There's no basketball. It's an interesting night. We have sort of a cote blanche, as they say. Who says that? I'm not sure. Okay. I, I can't be sure. Somebody says it. Like that, too. Somebody says it like that. A carte blanche. (laughs) I have such a skewered uh, (laughs) 
a skewered idea in my head that is somewhere between like Pepe Le Pew and like growing up with all these different uh, ideal, ideal, idealized uh, French people, French caricatures in my head that somehow when I was in college, Cal, I developed this French character. Oh, really? Yes, and he, he talks a little like this. He is so sweet. And he's a swimmer. <laughs> is he a waiter? He is a waiter. It was <laughs> funny, funny enough. He, we had this vision of like this guy who was like a really pretentious French waiter, who would be like I and, and smooth with the women, like totally good with women. Sure. But he would be like Cal, like he'd be like, I was a lowly bus boy, and now I am so sweet. <laughs> I am your waiter tonight, and I am so sweet. He's got a thin mustache, obviously. Absolutely. And his hair is, is slicked back or in a pompadour? I'm going to go ponytail now. Slick back ponytail. Oh, okay. And so I'm going to make him real Euro trash. So he's from France. He's not from Montreal. No, 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 no. Yeah, he's French. You know where, you know where some of the basis has to be, Cal? Do you remember on Cheers, Henri? Yeah. The guy who was always, I steal your girlfriend, Woody. Yeah. That's it, it, he definitely has uh, roots in Henri, without a doubt. That would fit the time frame. You certainly. are a so sweater. I love your sweater face. I'm I'm gonna make a love to your sweater girlfriend. He was always like stealing your girlfriend and stuff. I did, I don't. Did he have a name? Did this guy have a name? <laughs> no. No, me and my buddy Vols used to do this guy all the time, though, and we just—it it was raunchy. I, I can't get into this to the well, version, but it was—he was just a so nasa. I would expect that he'd frequent the red light district. That's correct. Once his, once his shift was over, the Reaper Bon. Yes, he spent a lot of time in Hamburg in 1961 with the Beatles. Nice. Oh, wow, what a show we got! Hey, listen, before we get into the sports and the and the talking and the sports. Uh, we should mention that our, our producer is with us uh, tonight. Yeah, he's probably been waiting for us to finish so he can be welcomed in. Well, he knows the French character very well, Cal. Uh, because he, the French character showed up a lot in band rehearsal. <laughs> <laughs> let's, uh, let's talk to our producer, the guy who produces the show Ready to Unload's own, the Bishop, Pop Culture, PJ the Pooh. Hello, Pigeon. It's so nice to be here with you tonight. See, you know that guy, right? No. You remember my filthy French guy. I've been doing it for 10, you know, 15 years. A fleeting acquaintance, maybe. <laughs> he is a son. Yeah. PJ, PJ used to play a lick, Cal, and I'd be like, that what you played on your guitar is a so sweet. I cannot contain it myself. <laughs> it is it's so nice. Imagine if we had put any of that energy into, into <laughs> song quality and stage presence. Yeah. <laughs> as opposed to yucking it up during rehearsal. Yeah, as opposed exactly, as opposed to trying to consistently be a far side car, uh, cartoon during commercial <laughs> or during rehearsal. Uh Pete, what's going on, pal? Mother jokes, mother jokes are going on. Are they all so fat. <laughs> <laughs> Episode 1130, mom jokes. <laughs> <laughs> Did not see that coming, Cal. You gotta, no. Mama, Look, joke you, you want to do something to turn the network's head. You know what I'm saying? That's right. 
we're we're, pick, we're picking up affiliates as we go. You got a good uh, a mama joke there, Cal? No, no, I don't. Um, I don't. We'll we'll give you to the end of the episode. I'll come up with one to come up with something. <laughs> TJ has issued a challenge. Does he have one? No. He's got one, right? Have one to get the ball rolling. Yeah. They're beneath me. And so is your mom. <laughs> Apparently, uh, I've decided that those those jokes are Italian as well. Well, well, the mother jokes came up because mother jokes are are what we would do between songs while we were tuning. We would usually rip apart our bass player's mother. (laughs) Which is called. He's longer with the band. <laughs> he doesn't call me anymore. Not surprisingly, no one has spoken to the bass player in seven years. <laughs> I still I still hear from his mom from time to time. There it is. Uh, we're gonna. Uh, you want the subject of the phone load? How does that feel? Um, I'm I'm a little uh, cold and clammy about it. I gotta say. Palms are sweating. A little like because you are the <laughs> you're uh sweaty anyway. Um, that how come that they didn't make that into a movie? The old sweaty balls sketch. I'm still waiting for them to make it into an ice cream. It, they did, or they are going to. You saw that. What? I'm just kidding. Oh come on! <laughs> no, I did. I did. I did. I was feigning. Oh, all right. My is that is that Baldwin's strongest? Uh, Saturday Night Live sketch? It's gotta be. It's the one that's most popular. Not my favorite. What you, what do you, give me, give me your, give me your top Baldwin. My favorite Baldwin, uh, character uh, probably wouldn't even appear on the Baldwin DVD if they ever released it. Um, I don't know if there is one. Um, but it was the, uh, the, uh, put it, put him in a brandy glass. Put him take in a brandy take, glass. Take, Oh, take any photo of any member of your family and make it classier by putting them in a brandy glass. <laughs> <laughs> that's outstanding. Yeah, that so is, like it was that you know your your sweet grandma, and then they would then they would superimpose the face of the grandma <laughs> in the brandy glass on a red velvet background with a flower. And he's like, anything's better in a brandy glass. And then he starts he starts rattling things off. And the killer was, he he builds to what I think was the best line in it, which was, you know, was like, you know, a family pet, a black baby. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and they put up the most adorable little little you know Negro child, <laughs> smiling, and it's it's so damn funny because you were not expecting it. And he says it with a funny voice. I think my a black baby. I think my favorite is uh, Sweaty Balls is definitely up there because it's. I listen to NPR and there are shows like that and there are guys. I don't listen to NPR a lot. I don't want to sound like some sort of. Some I don't want to make myself out to be some person I'm not. I listen to Fresh Air every once in a while. I listen to the podcast. I don't want to you know pretend that I'm listening to NPR 24 hours a day. But some of the shows that are on there that is absolutely spot on. Like Phil Schwetty could be on one of those shows, but but my favorite is my favorite is Mustache Rides. It's got to be. Mm. Oh, that that's pretty. Good too. 
surely you're not suggesting we give out free <laughs> mustache rides. Gentlemen, that's exactly what I'm suggesting. <laughs> uh, Fish, can we uh, can we get back to you in a bit? We're going to do the, the little sports thing for a second. Yes, and I do want to say I really like being called Bish. <laughs> the Bish. Not the not... Bish. I just like Bish. Right. If you're going to put the, then I'd prefer Bishop. But if, I, if you're going to shorten it, call me Bish. Sounds like Rizzo would say it. Things hey, that Rizzo would say. <laughs> <laughs> now, we're, now we're on Grease Pyramid. Uh, uh, this is, and I'm sitting on my hands as I do it. Uh, this is... <laughs> This is Hickey from Kinnicky. This is... Hey, Bish, go flag your log! <laughs> Thanks, Bish. Things that Jeff Conaway would say. <laughs> uh, Cal, here's where here's where I want to start with the sports. Interesting. To me. All right, the Yankees and the Phillies are out of it, right? So let's start with Major League Baseball. This is the big unload to me, and I'll tell you why. Because we could certainly big unload about the Jets, but I'm not going to do that, Cal. That's something the Jets would do. <laughs> That's correct. Thank you, Bobby Wischusen. No. Um, <laughs> I and Eagle as well. Something is bothering me about this. Wow. I, I just turned into Andy, Andy Rooney. <laughs> you know what really bothers me, Cal? This baseball. Everybody thinks that the big winners are out. I think the big winners are still in. <laughs> um, there's somehow, uh, Cal, because the Phillies and the Yankees lost, and the two best records in uh, the American and National Leagues, uh, that uh, the playoffs have now, the Major League Baseball first-round playoffs have now become some sort of crapshoot, Cal. Because the two teams with the best record by a whole game uh, in, in both leagues are out of the playoffs in the first round. It's a crapshoot. This is nonsense, Brian. Who says that? Who says that? I'm hearing it a lot. As, as almost like an, I mean, I'm hearing it from Phillies fans. I'm certainly hearing it uh, and from the, from the Philly media. I'm certainly hearing it from uh, the New York media when it comes to the Yankees. Um, I, I, I don't understand how – well, I do understand it. I understand it perfectly. Your team lost and you want an excuse. Okay, but the truth of the matter is, in in both uh, uh, both those series, the team that was going better and the team that got the bigger outs got the win and won the series. We don't need to change the playoffs. Oh, have you have someone has someone suggested that we change the playoffs? It's been suggested that a you know a five game series in the first round is somehow a crapshoot, Bri. This is not a crapshoot. I mean, it, it, should they all be best of seven game series? Yeah, perhaps we can argue that in a different way. But let's not argue that because the two best teams by record during the regular season, you know, by a game, again, by a game, and two games in the case of the Phillies, are out in the first round. That doesn't mean that the playoff system is flawed or that it's a crapshoot. I, I, I will buy the crapshoot argument a little bit, just a little bit. All right, it's a five-game series. Anybody can beat anybody in a five-game series. You have to, you have to agree with that. Anybody can beat anybody in a seven-game series. Right, but it's a little. You, you have a little more of a chance of, of of stealing a series win when you only got to win three out of out of five games. I agree with that. I'm I am I am certainly not going to use that as the excuse as to why the Phillies and Yankees lost. 
I mean, that, that, that's ridiculous. But you can't use that. Okay, so two things on this. One, I, I'm not making this up. I mean, this is definitely a, a feeling well, that's out there. Well, I believe you. It, it culminated today when Mike Francesa had Joe Girardi, the Yankees manager, on. Like, I'm telling you who that is. Had, had Girardi on today. Who's that? Joe Girardi? Joe Girardi. That's right. J- Joe? Correct. He was a major league catcher for a while, Cal. Hmm. Had, Never heard had, of had a long career as a major league catcher. Um, no, no, but Francesa had Girardi on today, and I don't know if you caught it. I don't think you did. I did not. But Girardi was uh, – Francesa was basically – must have said crapshoot 15 times and about how, you know, obviously the season is where, you know, the, the cream rises and the playoffs. I mean, anything can happen, obviously. I mean, it seems anything can happen. I mean, the two best teams are out, you know, during the regular season. And Girardi even took issue with him. and was like, well, I'm not going to call it a full-on crapshoot. We won 97 games. The Tigers won 95. <laughs> the Rangers won 96. I mean, yeah. these are these are good teams. But secondly, and I'd love to hear your opinion on this, I think in both those series, those teams that won all those games, their fatal flaws were exposed. Without a doubt to me. The Phillies' flaw is the same flaw that they had last year. They can't hit. They are too streaky of an offensive team. It's not like they got outpitched in that series. Well, in Game 5 they did. But they lost Game 5 one to nothing. It's not like their pitcher gave up seven runs. Oh, no, no. You're right. That's what I'm saying. They, they put together this all unbelievable staff, right? Mm-hmm. That's supposed to be geared towards the playoffs. Okay? Right. If you want to point to one culprit on that staff, it's Cliff Lee, who let them down in Game 2 and blew a four-run lead. Fine. Right. Okay? But they didn't pitch that badly. No. At all. And Halliday pitched brilliantly in both his games. He gave up a home run in the first inning to Lance Berkman of the first game, and that was it. And then he gave up a single run in the in the, you know he pitched eight eight innings of one run ball. I know. They're, and he gave a double and a triple in the first inning, and that was it. That was it. Their bats betrayed them again because their offense is wildly inconsistent. Because when you rely on guys like Raul Abanez, when you rely on guys like Ryan Howard, who's a streak hitter, Chase Utley is half the player he used to be. Jimmy Rollins has had a fantastic series, but didn't last year in the NLCS. They're a streak offensive team. They can be shut down by good pitching. So I think that was exposed. And for the Yankees, they relied on their hitting all season. And if that hitting is not there, they're going to lose. That's true. So how is that a crapshoot? And the Yankees scored four runs off the, the Tigers' best pitcher, but couldn't get to Doug Fister for more than a run. In, in in the fifth game. It's 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 supposed to be, oh, it's all about pitching. The Yankees out-hit their pitching all season. That's how they won 97 games. Right? They they won 97 games with CeCe Sabathia as their ace. And then Ivan Nova somehow won 17 games. So if that hitting's not there, Cal, you lose. Period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. End of discussion. Oh, I just no. I, I <laughs> oh, not literally. No, no, no. We can. Oh, we can oh, oh. That's a quick show. Night, <laughs> everybody. Uh, the uh, no, but give me your take on that. I mean, do, do you not agree that? 
I think too much is being made of the idea that the two quote unquote best teams are out in the first round. So the playoffs are some sort of crapshoot. If they're a crapshoot, how come the Oakland A's never won a series? The Moneyball teams are the Oakland A's. How come they never won a series? It's not a crapshoot. I mean, well, look, I don't think too much is being made of the fact that both teams are out of it because that's a big story, Steve. The two best teams of the year were eliminated in the first round. That's a, that's a big story. Nobody expected that. Did you expect that? Did you think that we'd be here in, in, the, in the second round of the playoffs without the Yankees or the Phillies or the Red Sox? Did you expect that? No. Okay. So that's, so, so that's, that's the story. Okay? Let's, we we to got to break this down into small bite-sized pieces. Because if we try to attack it all at once, we're going to get full quick. Okay. Stay with me. I'm 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 on an, another analogy tear. <laughs> I I love when he's like this. I love it. All right. So listen, it's a big story that the two teams are out of it. Is it a crapshoot? I believe it is a crapshoot. I believe it really is a crapshoot in the first round. It's not the crapshoot that some people will make you believe that it is. But any 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 team can beat. Any, look at look at. Well, no, that was a bad example. But any <laughs> any team can beat anybody. In a five-game series, if their pitching gets hot, so that's, so so, it's it's a, it's a little bit of a crapshoot. Where I what I think the problem is, and I where I think the the bigger story is here, is the fact that the Yankees and Phillies had such intense expectations on them to advance in the playoffs that they completely. I'm not going to. I can't use the word choked, but both teams were very very tight in Game Five. Very tight. And lost the game five in their building. And lost the game five in their building. And if you watch those games, the the 100,000 some odd people that represented in both stadiums were just as tight as their teams. Because the expectations were through the roof. They choked. They didn't choke. They, they, they were tight I in think, those games. I think, okay, so... For, I'm... I hate using the word crapshoot. Can we can we say it's yeah. somewhat somewhat of a a five game series can lend itself to a lesser I'm, team having a having a greater chance of beating uh, a, a better team on paper? How's that? In a five game series, more so than a seven game. In a, series. That's what I said. In a five game series. Yeah. Let's let's go there. Let's let's not use the word crapshoot because I don't think it's entirely accurate to use that word. And let's also say that if one of your players is Ryan Howard or Mark Teixeira or Alex Rodriguez, and you're relying on them as a uh, <laughs> to be a offensive run producer, you know, a big time run producer in that series, you could be effed. How about that? How about, how about how about when did when do these guys stop getting a pass? Okay, and when do we say that that's a flaw in the team? Well, Alex Rodriguez never gets a pass. Let's take him out of the equation. Okay. He never gets a pass. No problem. Why do we never hear Mark Teixeira getting killed for the fact that he can't hit once the postseason comes around? And it's not one year. We're not talking about a small sample size anymore. No, it's a, you know? hardy, it's a hardy sample size. You know, why do we not hear about all, – all you're going to hear about with Ryan Howard is the fact that he tore his Achilles. You're, nobody's even going to talk about the fact that he failed in this postseason. No, I, I, I agree. 
But but why? Failed in the postseason last year too. I I don't understand it though. I mean these these are these are the best players in the game. Why do they fail in the postseason? But this is what I'm talking about. This is why it's not a crapshoot. This is why these teams, uh, the Yankees and the Phillies, you're seeing fundamental flaws. Okay, that are there, that existed. Everybody knows Mark Teixeira has struggled in the postseason. When they got to the postseason, what did they think he was going to stop? They have to take their chances. You have to run him out there every day. Everybody they did think that, though. Everybody likes to use the Barry Bonds analogy or the Barry Bonds example that Bonds was awful, 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 and then he had a great postseason. Okay, great. That doesn't mean that everybody does that. That doesn't mean that every good regular season or great regular season player, and Mark Teixeira is a great regular season player, although his numbers are definitely fading, and they're stuck with that contract for the next four years. Four. Or six, is it? Six. No. What did they sign for? Eight years? No. He signed for eight years. So he signed in 09 for eight years? So they have five years left on that deal. Did he sign in 09? Yeah. Well, because they won the World Series in 09. Yeah. I, I, uh, <laughs> that's, that's, I was talking to Nello about this real quick as an aside, Cal, uh, after the uh, Yankees were eliminated the other day and just getting, of course, we had him on the show last week. And, uh, that was great. And we talked about, that was during the AJ Burnett game. Right. And uh, so I'm talking about the state of the Yankees and I, there's almost Yankee denial there a little bit. And, and Nello is a great fan. He's a great Yankee fan. He's realistic. He's been through the hard times. He understands that you know it's not his God-given right to be in the World Series every year. But I said to him, I said, "You got a Rod there for another like six years at twenty-five or thirty million a year, or whatever it is. You got to share there for another five years. Jeter is not getting younger. You got you got don't, image shortstop. What, what do don't you forget, think? don't forget Sabathia because Sabathia is going to opt out. Sabathia is going to opt out." And then they're going to have to sign him for another six years. Right. What is this team? And he's not getting thinner. Cal. No, and, and, and I think there's a real cause for concern with him. He because he, he, he broke down towards the end of the season a little bit, and he was not the same pitcher in the postseason. No. Well, that's another thing you can point to, okay? Another thing you can point to about why this, flaws team and it's not, uh, why this team is flawed or flawed the team or flawed the log. Why this is that they they had one ace, one workhorse who by the time you got to September was spent. And then he pitched like crap in the postseason. That's a flawed team structurally. Yeah, but you know what, Steve? They know that they know that that's a flaw on their team, and they did everything in their power to try to get Felix Hernandez. Not a crapshoot. Still not a crapshoot. It's not a crapshoot. Should not be surprising to anybody that these two teams lost that series. But the Yankees didn't lose because of their pitching. I'm not sure what that sound is. Yeah, no, it's um, it's the sound of you not sure if you agree with me. Yeah, I think that's officially the. No, they didn't lose because of their of their pitching. They lost because of the hitting. They lost because. Nick Swisher and Alex Rodriguez and Mark Teixeira couldn't hit their way out of a paper bag. They lost because Russell Martin couldn't hit except for one game. Yeah. They lost because Derek Jeter batted 250 and was one of the team leaders in batting at 250. Brett Gardner led the team in batting. Yeah. Brett Gardner, if Brett Gardner leads your team in batting and you've got a Mark Teixeira and an Alex Rodriguez and a Nick Swisher 
on your team and a Robinson Cano on your team and Brett Gardner leads your team in batting. If you told me that, I would think that you lost in four games. Well, not Cano, five. Cano is the best second baseman in baseball. He's yeah. the best second baseman since Joe Morgan. Maybe he has a chance to be the best ever. Ever. He's close right now. Right. Just, he's the just best. have to see. He's revolutionizing the position. He's he's yeah. He's doing things that second basemen have never done. I saw a great tweet today. Speaking of Francesa, I thought you'd like this. He must have said, "On base percent or batting average doesn't mean anything. It's on base percentage." Oh, okay. And somebody tweeted. Francesa just said. It's this is batting average doesn't matter. It's on base percentage. Somebody saw Moneyball last night. Because <laughs> you know he's never read that book. Of course he hasn't. He's had somebody read it for him <laughs> and tell him what they think it's about. And that's his, what he goes his, on. His five-year-old twins, Jack, and uh, whatever his name is. He gets no. He gets his producer. He gets his <laughs> producer read it. <laughs> Did you hear? And just start again. Start again. I wasn't paying attention. One last princess side. I have to go get a Diet Coke. Start again. Did you hear did you hear the whole Al Albuquerque fiasco last week? No. <laughs> you didn't hear that? No. You do you know about it? No. Well you don't even know. Okay. So a caller calls up and I I still have not figured out if the caller was trying to if it was a send up or not. Okay. I couldn't tell, but he calls Mike and he says, uh, "What do you uh, What do you think of of the Tiger pitcher last night, Al Albuquerque?" And immediately Francesa gets dismissive. Oh yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Well, you're gonna have to do better than that. You come up, come up with a fake name. <laughs> you know, Al Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah, that's a, that's a good one. It's, uh, and then he was it just dismissed him, like you know, you got to do better than that. Which he always does. That's his uh, his pat dismissal. Right, dismisses him. Says you know, accuses the caller of making up a fake name. Right. You wait online, or you wait you wait on hold all this time for that one. Yeah. one. Yeah. I mean, give me a break. You got nothing else in your life. <laughs> so then he goes to commercial. Right. He comes back now during the commercial. Somebody must have clued him in that Al Albuquerque is in fact a Tigers pitcher. Yes. Who pitched in the game? That Francesca should have been watching the night before. That he was at. Well, no, this was the one in Detroit. Oh, in Detroit, okay. This was um, all game four. <laughs> so now he comes back and he rambles his explanation. You know, uh, that, that everybody thought that that caller was trying to pull a fast one on me, but, uh, you know, the pitcher's name is Al Al Albuquerque. Albu- you know, I, I thought he was saying Albuquerque. You know, Al, I was, I was thinking that if he was going to make it up, he would say Albuquerque. You know, but he was uh, he was Al Albuquerque. But you know, the pitcher's name is Alberto Juan Albuquerque. <laughs> and, uh, so, so, so I guess I guess uh, I guess they call him Al. You know, I, I never heard that. I, I never know. I mean, I know the pitcher. I know the pitcher, Al, yeah. Alberto Juan Albuquerque. But uh, apparently, they call him Al. <laughs> you know, I didn't know. I didn't know what to say. Oh, marvelous! Apparently, they call him Al. Yes. He doesn't know him by the name Al. No, no. Al. But he thought that the the caller was making up a name, Al Bakerky, Al Bakerky, and he was oh God. It was just, uh, it was class. Well, he you know he's he's one of the people that's been beside himself with the Yankee loss, and he's taken it out on the Jets. 
been wonderful. And, well, he's looking. He's looking for excuses. He's looking for reasons why this happened because it's not supposed to happen. Yeah. And again, I I point to the fact that I don't think anything is flawed with the playoff system. And and now we have two very good division or uh, championship series. Uh, and of course the the uh, the Rangers were up two nothing uh, in that series, correct, Cal? And they were winning tonight. Um, got a, got an update. We got an update. What? What? what you? What? We go? Are we going to the uh, to the ready to unload news sports desk? Sports information uh, up the wazoo. Yes. There it is. Let's go to Brian Calvi in the Action RTU Sports Sports Desk with Sports Brian Calvi. Brian, here's your American League Championship Series update. In the sixth inning, the Detroit Tigers have a 3-1 lead on the Texas Rangers. It's 3-1 in the sixth. Back to you, Steve. Thanks, Brian. Uh, and coming up in a little... <laughs> coming up at 10.30. Is the chili you eat bad for you? If it's Hormel, it might be. Ollie will tell us all about it. And Kim... Kim Jenkins is here to talk about your midriff. Uh, God, that music is fantastic. That, that music Carrie, is... Carrie Jenkins. <laughs> Carrie Jenkins is here. That's correct. Yeah. Kim Jenkins. Uh, the Jenkins boys. So, yeah, so 3-1. It's 3-1 Detroit. They're down right. soon up in the series. And they're showing a little... Uh, they're showing a little um, stick, stick-to-itiveness. Hey, Cal, how about uh, uh, Detroit right now as uh, a sports town? Wow. I mean, good, if, if, any, if any town really deserved to have a, a big sports year after New Orleans obviously had their big sports year, next in line was Detroit. Absolutely. I think you'd have to say. Yeah, although they've had the Red Wings. Yeah, but that's more of a that's more like the Canadians that come over from Ontario. Oh come on, that's hockey town. I know they won a cup in two thousand and seven. Uh, look, did the Pistons win recently too? No, like eighteen uh, years ago. <laughs> weren't they in it? Maybe. Did I, they lose? Chauncey uh, <laughs> Billups. We're gonna. <laughs> That that's that'll be our NBA talk for the night. And there's NBA. Come on, Dude. seriously, Detroit needs. Did you say hockey town or hockey town? I said I said <laughs> I said funky town. <laughs> I'm just I want to know whether or not I got to hit the button. Right. I said hockey hockey town. Okay, gotta go. That's the producer though. He's on top of that. He's on the ball, making sure that we don't have to bleep that out later. Hockey town. Well, the Lions get to 5-0. and I feel shocked. I'm surprised. I thought, you know, I'm not going to be one of these pundits that said, I knew it all along. They were the team to watch, and I called it in the beginning of the year. Who does I'm not going to say that. Mike Greenberg of ESPN Radio. <laughs> <laughs> I wasn't expecting you to give me somebody so quick. <laughs> no. Cal Stradamus. I don't think that fits there, but... <laughs> it does. It's but it's the it's ironic. It's ir- I guess. Oh, I'm not getting the irony. That was an ironic play of that. I like that though. Hey, you want to hear a good use of ironic? Sure. Oh my gosh. So I'm I'm with Teresa the other day, and 
I said so. Uh, I said something, and it had to do with sports. It was something about watching uh, something or whatever. And she said uh, <laughs> it was something okay. about watching the game or something like that. And, and she said, "Wow, who's being? Look who's being ironic." Or no, she said I was being ironic. And Wait. I said, "I said, yeah, you know, like I took her to task for something." And she was like, you know, duh, I was being ironic. Okay. And I was like, yeah, put an M in front of that. And she's like, myronic? <laughs> and I was like, oh. that, didn't, that didn't quite go as you had hoped. I ruined it. She laughed. I almost had to. She laughed for a good solid 20 minutes. She's like, good, good one. Good job. <laughs> I didn't know I didn't I didn't see the irony in what I was talking about there. See, I was going for moronic, Cal. Right. Right. I think you're being I think you should put an M in front of that. And then, and then I was like I and put the O and carry the two. Um is she the she's she's the type that will never let that go, will she? No. No. That was on Saturday night and I've been called myronic. <laughs> Four or five times. So, yeah, that's the same in my house. You have to be careful. If any any verbal misstep is just ridiculed endlessly, and now we've got the kids doing it too. Oh, that's great. Which we have to remind them that that it's funny at home, but don't do that out in public because ah, it's the Calvi girls. Okay. They won't like that. Ah, look who it is, the Calvi <laughs> girls, and they're the sharp tongued Calvi girls. Myronic, myronic, isn't it myronic? That's that was, in, incidentally, that was the original name of the song. <laughs> that's right. Now you get so that, it on it too. You get it. That's, Come on. Well, that's how it was written. But they, <clears throat> they said, no, 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 nobody will get that. Right. Jump in. <laughs> I, jump in. The water's warm. Two more, <laughs> two more baseball things, Cal. Before we move to football, that I wanted to ask you about. One uh, was the Theo Epstein thing. Did you see this? Yes. Where are we with that? Because it's kind of a fluid situation right this now. Is, this is super exciting, okay? What we're talking about here is Theo Epstein – Epstein. Uh, Theo Epstein is, is – <laughs> I say Epstein because of the Beatles. Um, Theo Epstein is uh, supposedly flirting with the Cubs to take the general manager position for the Chicago Cubs, leave the Red Sox, and go to the Cubs. Now, Cal, I ask you, can you think – if if he goes to the Cubs, if he goes Kel. to the Cubs, if he goes to the Cubs, uh, I did that to myself because I, oh, I deserve that. Yeah. And he wins a World Series somehow. Can you think of another executive that would be as legendary as this guy? No. Ending Absolutely. outs. I mean, two historic droughts, two of the most famous championship droughts in the history of sports. Wouldn't wouldn't they be the the two most famous droughts in the history of sports? Think, I mean, like think about it. Currently, right? They have to be in, in any sport. I mean, the Red Sox one was, you know, historic. It was historic. It was eighty six years. Well, not only was it historic, but. Uh, you know, the, you had the poets, the New England poets writing about it, and well, that's yeah, it took on a license of tone. John Updike writing paragraphs about the mystical lore of 
Long Street, whatever, Lansdowne Street, where I will never see a championship, and my father wept as the seashells rolled in on the New England Bay. I knew that Freddie Lynn had struck out. Like, they, they, you know, that's like a... Biblical. It was very romantic. Yeah, it was It was absolutely literary romanticized. Literarily? Let's do that. Ooh. Can we do that? Wow, I'm doing it. Um, I think but, I think it works. But, but the Cubs won. You know, now has Bartman and has uh, the goat or whatever. And is there a goat? Is that them? Uh, the world. There's a, go- there's a goat involved. You know what gets me? <laughs> Boy, I am really taking this Andy Rooney retirement to heart. Am I not? Am I auditioning <laughs> for his job? For his job. Hey, 60 Minutes, give me a shout. You know what? Uh, no, but th- with the Cubs, they were so close a number of times and stuff. They they still have never built a ball club that works in that ballpark. I, I don't understand it. I mean, uh, a- a- anyway, you would think, do does, okay, so does Theo work for the Cubs? Will they buy into the sabermetrics and the advanced metrics and – and can he put a team together there? That 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 team is in rough shape, Cal. It's in bad shape, but you know Boston wasn't exactly in the greatest shape either when he took over. And if the Boston fans can accept Theo, I I think the Chicago fans. Well, no, listen, he comes with with a lot of credibility. He comes with two world championships, right? Yeah, and he comes with with having broken the curse in Boston. So now. He's a curse breaker. That's on his resume, curse breaker. So if you have a curse that needs to be broken, wouldn't you hire a curse breaker? Absolutely. Am I, am I being too simplistic here? I think you're being a touch simplistic, yes, but I won't hold well, it against you. That's okay. I think that it works. And I think that there is no greater legacy in sports than to be the man that ended the two most famous curses in sports history. Curses, droughts, whatever you want to call it. I'm trying to think of an analogy in entertainment. And I'm trying to think of, maybe you can come with me on this. So let's say Theo leaves the Red Sox, goes to the Cubs, and wins a world championship there, wins a world series. Right? It's, it, I'm, I'm trying to think of, like, give me somebody who was on a sitcom and came into a sitcom and saved it, and then went to another sitcom and saved it. Right, that's that would be the analogy. Or is there somebody who came into a movie franchise and saved it, and then went to another movie? Fr- now we could talk about people who have killed them. Sure, Shia LaBeouf. I'm looking at you. <laughs> that guy's killed like three uh, franchises. Three franchises killed them. Yeah. Yep. And, and he keeps getting hired for this. We, we may need the bishop on this one. We we may need Bish on this. We need somebody who went into a movie franchise, saved it, then went into another one and saved it. Or a TV show. Or a TV show. Or a TV show. That's a a tough one. I I definitely – we're going to put the pop culture PJ on this one. Because I can't – Shatner. Wow. Okay. Shatner – What did he save? What did he save? Boston Legal? 
Could be. Uh, yeah, as as uh, the practice was disappearing, they they brought in Shatner and basically turned the last six episodes into the pilot season for Boston Legal. Oh, wait, I got it, though. I got, that, that, that's very solid, Bish, but come with me here. You ready? Always. Heather Locklear. Yeah, was, that, I, damn it, I was going to say Heather Locklear. I don't <laughs> like you now. But, but no, like and I, I, no, listen, I thought the same thing. She saved Melrose Place, but then what did she save after that? Now, before that, she saved, uh, or after that, Spin City, first of yeah, all. Yeah, Spin City. Did she save Spin City? Absolutely. It was on for another three seasons with her. Yeah. Three or four seasons, and she was on with Michael J. Fox. She saved Spin yeah. City. But before that, she was on Dynasty. Also, and also the, the, the actress who was on with Michael J. Fox before that was Death. Carla, Carla Gugino? The worst. No, no, that was Spin City. Yes, it was. I'm thinking of Connie Britton. Connie Britton? <laughs> you stand alone on that, Kelsey. <laughs> really? Connie Stevens. Bring, all right. Connie Brett. The girl, from the first, girl on the first season, it's as, it's as if we don't have Google to settle this. The girl, the, the girl on the first season of Spin City was Carla Gugino. Yeah, I'm saying her last name incorrectly, but... Gugino? Gugino. Gugino. It's a supposed Gugino. But look, Heather Locklear, there's your comparison. There it is. I want someone to look up Connie... Connie... Britton. Connie Britton, two T's, O-N. She was on Spin City. Yeah, but Connie Britton, she wasn't the lead. She wasn't the love interest for... Uh, she became the love interest. She's not an anchor. No. All I know is, all I know is uh, we were looking for an analogy, and I brought it. You did. I think. I think no, I think Heather Locklear is, is a great way to go. I don't know if there's a movie one. I don't know if there's a movie one. Again. So. Someone who enters a movie franchise and saves it? Right. Or two movie franchises and save them. Classics. I mean, if Theo Epstein does this, he'll, he'll have pulled off something that no executive can say they did. Or maybe you got to go back to, like, Branch Rickey. You know, like, rescued the Cardinals and then rescued the, the Dodgers or something. But he can't. I mean, this well, is... Well, Harrison, Harrison Ford uh, picked up after Alec Baldwin... But that Go wasn't on. really, that wasn't really a, a rescue. No, I agree because, and one could argue, and I would be that one. Yes. That Alec Baldwin is a considerably better Jack Ryan than Harrison Ford. I agree. Cal. I would argue against that. Cal. I didn't I would. do that. Female, female, female. Cal is very upset with you. You I would argue against him. You would argue Harrison Ford is a better Jack Ryan? I liked him better than Alec Baldwin. Have you read the books? But they're not in the books. I, I also think they, Red October, act, Red October I think, is a superior movie anyway. Hunt for Red October is a far superior movie. I, I totally agree. Oh, although Connery's accent is... Uh, Magnificent. It's crazy, crazy bad. <laughs> Look, you know it's a great accent when one of the actors in the movie gets to mo gets to make fun of it as yeah. one of the lines. Yeah. 
When we saw where we saw early Alec Baldwin comedy chops there. Right. Careful, Jack. Certain things in the ship don't react well to bullets. Yeah. Well, Sean but, Connery Sean Connery comes and rescues movies as the movies themselves are spinning out of control. That's true. <laughs> they may not be franchises, but he certainly he certainly does yeah. he's just done that. Yes. Good point. Uh he walked I, into the end of Robin Hood. Can we I can't count Robin Hood? I can't think it of a movie. How about a, how about how about okay guys and the, how about a genre? Like a, a one, an actor, one actor that actor saves the genre that has has revived two genres. I wow. Or is that too big? Is that too big a uh, uh, too big a matzo ball? It's too broad. Peter Jackson has revised uh, revived two genres. Peter Jackson absolutely has as a director. Yeah. Now, what was the other one? <laughs> what were you talking about? <laughs> does, this, does this relate to sports? You know what, though? Peter Jackson could be a good Theo Epstein analogy. Because... Bernadette Peters? Absolutely. Peter Allen. Peter Allen. No. John he, Waters. <laughs> shut up. He takes Harvey Firestein. Why you uh Peter Jack Joel Gray. Joel Gray. Sure. <laughs> While we're going. Let's just let's just keep it up. Hugh Jackman. <laughs> oh. Oh, Cal with a little innuendo. Like what? I'll, I'll end it. I'll end it by saying this. First of all, it could be Peter Jackson from a directorial standpoint because he took a franchise in Lord of the Rings that was long thought to be uh, more bound and and undoable, and he hit. You know, he won a complete championship three times. Okay, three times. They he, they said it couldn't be done, and he did it. Three ways. So, Right. So, but what? What else? What is he directing now? Is he directing now? Yeah, Princess Pigskin is what he's directing. <laughs> Moving on. Best. No, listen. I want. I want to ask you, music experts. Can you come up with an, an analogy in the music world? Has somebody saved two bands? Oh, Flash saves everything. There you go. I think it's very easier. It's easier to come up with an analogy there. Well, yeah, because there's a lot more moving parts. Like people are always moving in between bands. Well, just like Ooh. baseball, people are always changing teams. Theo Epstein is very, uh, that's slash esque. How about uh, Jeff Lynne? Oh, Can we make the comparison to Jeff Lynne, who has Jericho gets the square. <laughs> no, 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 not not Paul Lynde. Oh, my bad. <laughs> Jeff, Jeff Lynne. <laughs> Oh, Paul Lind. Again, we got to go back to Alec Baldwin. I get them confused. (laughs) Alec Baldwin was doing Charles Nelson Riley, right? On uh, inside the (laughs) Sometimes I do this with my glasses. (laughs) (laughs) No, 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 no. Jeff Lind from ELO, and uh, he 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 works with the Traveling Wilburys. ELO. He's a producer. 
produced. He was the heart and soul of the Traveling Wilburys. Absolutely. Was, was sort of his thing. Yep, right. Absolutely. And uh, he, uh, of course, produced a lot of Harrison stuff, right? In deep. In, in, in yeah, in, uh, in very yeah. deep with George Harrison. Yep. So, how, how about uh, Harrison as a producer? But he didn't save George Harrison's career. Uh, pretty, pretty, pretty. <laughs> resurrected? Uh, resurrected, sure. The great, which, the great which, resurrector? Theo Epstein uh, resurrected the Red Sox franchise. How about Dave Grohl? Oh, that's very solid. But Dave Grohl did not resurrect Nirvana. He didn't save Nirvana. He was just no. in Nirvana. He was just part of, yeah. Right. Okay. I'll I give you another one. You ready? Jack White. Don't like him. Because <laughs> that's relevant to the conversation. I don't like that guy. I'm going Jack White as a producer. Look what he did for, uh, what's her name? Loretta Lynn? Is Loretta it? Lynn. Yeah. Loretta Lynn and Paul Lynn. They did an album together. Paul Lynn. <laughs> In my pants. <laughs> okay, anyway, Theo Epstein may be going to the Cubs, which would be, if he can somehow get a World Series there, would, as we have definitely long drawn out and talked about, one of the great, uh, the great accomplishments of any executive in sports history. The last baseball thing I wanted to uh, ask you, Cal. I have one more for you, too, so go ahead. Oh, okay. Um, who do you like in these two series? I know the Rangers are already up to two nothing, although they might be uh two one there. Do you do you see the Brewers can the Brewers get by the uh the Cardinals? And how much is Albert Pujols gonna make next year? Um well, I, I like I like Texas in that series with Detroit. I think I think Texas is the best team that's left in the playoffs. Probably I think they're the most complete. Yeah, they're the most complete and and I think of the four teams that are left, the 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 Brewers hijinks notwithstanding, I think that Texas has uh the, the most mojo going for them. You know, they made it last year, they lost, they retooled a little bit, they came back and now they're they're making their run again. Um I, I, I can get behind Texas and, and I think that they have the best team. Now over in the National League I think either of those teams could. I think that you want to talk about a crapshoot. We'll use the word crapshoot there. I think both of those teams have an equal shot at winning that uh, at winning that series. Yeah, I would agree with that. Although, if we're going to keep using crapshoot, can we start saying it like Jackie Giles? <laughs> crapshoot. That's all it is. Crapshoot. Or, okay. or or like the old Eddie Murphy character when he would imitate. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> it's a crapshoot. That's all it is. Um, I, I I I tend to agree with you. I think the Brewers, uh, from a mojo aspect, have a lot going for them. I do not like them though. No, don't care for them. Don't care for them one bit. Act like you've been there before, gentlemen. Well, and you know the biggest problem I have on that team, and, and they are a well-constructed team too, though. From from certain aspects, they do have boppers that seem to hit in the clutch. Ryan Braun. Prince Fielder, um, they have enough pitching. They uh, have a, a good bullpen. They have a good closer. Um, they're a well-put-together team. That GM has done a really good job putting that team together. They get on base enough. You got a guy like Harrison in there hitting, you know, second, hitting second, playing second base, doing a lot of things, getting on base. Um, Nigel Morgan, 
uh, is my biggest problem with the team um, as far as his attitude and, and, and stuff goes. But when Niger Morgan wants to play baseball, uh, he can be very good at it. Uh, he can get on base. He can field, uh, play center field very well. I think that there's a certain uh, resilience, though, that that Cardinal team has. Um, that if they get any sort of pitching, I, I think they can win that series. And they, they have a Chris Carpenter who can be a horse if he gets hot. And we saw him pitch a brilliant game in Game 5 against the Phillies, obviously. Uh, there's just a resilience, boy. When that team's down two runs in the ninth inning and you have anybody, I mean, even Yadi Molina's coming up, you're nervous. You're nervous. Yeah, they they may have a little magic going for themselves, too. They I mean, do. They, they were 10 games out going into September. They do. <laughs> so, <laughs> I saw a great, and they went 23-9. Uh, and nine Yeah, for their last 32. I saw a great tweet about La Russa. Uh, and having him having like what fourteen pitchers in the postseason or something like that, uh huh. Like giving Larusa fourteen pitchers in the postseason is like giving an alcoholic a twelve pack. You know he's going to use them all in one night. <laughs> you know he's going to go through them all in one night. Um, That's a good. But Cal, where does Pujols go? Who can afford him? Who had the motive? I want to turn into Donald Sutherland and JFK here. I want to sit you down on the park bench in D.C and ask you a couple of questions, okay? And I'm going to be dressed like Donald Sutherland. I'm going to try to do it as Donald Sutherland. Who knows? Maybe somebody we know has an instant impression. I don't know. That's strange that you are dressed like Donald Sutherland right now. I'm going to treat you like uh, Kevin Costner, and I'm going to be Mr. X, talking about Albert Pujols. Ready? And scene. Who had the motive? That's it. It was good, I thought. That's fantastic. Bish, you got anything here? <laughs> I got so excited when you said, oh, my God. You don't know how much I love that scene. Do you know how many times I've rewound that scene just to play it over and over again? I know just you love that the way scene. he counts to three. Do you, do you remember the way Sutherland counted to three during that? No. Oh. Go back. He counts on his fingers. And he goes, one. one, two, and then he completely flips his fingers around and uses his other three fingers as three. <laughs> it's, it's so unexpected and so effective. Now that's a choice. That's, that is a bold choice. <laughs> that's how you make a choice. And he calls Costner Bubba at the end, which is, you know. Right. That I remember. Well, that's what the I'm doing. The truth is on your side, Bubba. The I truth is on your break. That was good. Ooh, give it to us again. I can't. <laughs> One time only, instant impression. <laughs> they're here and then they're gone. And then, of course, like, Costner does the does the great, I don't, I can't. You mean they killed him because he wanted to change things. I mean, it's just the most ugly seventh grade reading... <laughs> Ever. I don't, I can't. <laughs> uh, it all goes back to our Kevin Costner theory. You can sum up Kevin Costner's career. I'm a G-man, I'm a frogman. I'm an Indian lover, I'm a G-man. I'm a... <laughs> He's a quiet man, pushed too far. That's what he does best. Yes. 
It's... <laughs> uh, uh, what do you call it? The, the, yeah, well, anyway, Cal, who signs him? Who has the motive? I, I, I've been saying watch out for the Cubs. And if Epstein signs there... What better way to make a huge splash in your in your new job than to sign the best player in baseball? Yeah, that would be something. But do they do they have the money? Yeah, they've got plenty of money. And speaking of a guy who can actually hit in the postseason, uh, that's you know what has he got like forty six RBIs? <laughs> yeah, I mean he went four for five yesterday. Four for right. five with a home run. I mean drove in like seven. I mean he he is a clutch postseason player. Uh, is $250 million out of the question? For how many years? Ten years? Ten years? He's 31. So he says. Eight years? Eight years, $250 million. It's gonna, That's going to be interesting to see how it plays out. He just keeps adding zeros to his check. Now, what did you want to ask me? No, what I, I, real quick, did you see um, – what went down with the Chicago White Sox manager search? Robin Ventura? Yeah. I did. I did. I okay. saw that. Did you see who almost got the job? Uh, I did not. Paul Canerco. Oh, that's right. They were going to do a uh, they were going to do a player manager thing. Right. Right. I mean, Paul Canerco is still a contributing member of society in the baseball world. He's not like on his last legs. Now, that would have been fascinating yeah. to see that, to see a guy who, who can still play at his level as the manager, as a player manager of a team. They, cool told, him, they told him to think outside the box. Right. Kenny Williams told him to, or was told to think outside the box by the owner. That's, uh-huh. that's outside the box. I would love to see that, Cal. That would have been awesome. I would love to see the player manager. Why not the player manager in baseball? Why has that gone away? I don't know why you don't see it more often. Why has that gone away? I want to know. I don't know. I mean, I think it's... What what could be more interesting or easier for a team to have a player on the field, uh, you know, actually managing the game? I think that'd be so cool. They should bring it back. Well, why don't we start a letter writing campaign? We'll get on that. Uh, anyway, <laughs> moving on to football, Brian. Yes, sure. Anything going on with the Jets? I think everything's fine. Uh, the sky is falling. Yes, apparently. Correct. Here's here's the the debate I've been having going back and <laughs> survivor. Exactly. Here's the debate I've been having going back. As the 2011 Jets season continues on this survivor bent, uh, the debate I've been having going back and forth is not only about Brian Schottenheimer and is it in fact Rex Ryan's fault at the end of the day. Hold on, yeah, we have to. You, we have to go to the. Um, we got to go to the uh, newsroom for breaking news. Go ahead. Regarding the Jets. Regarding the Jets. Oh, great. Go ahead. Uh, this is, this doesn't require music because this is serious. Derek Mason has been traded. What? Derek Mason. Traded. Derek Mason has been traded to the Houston Texans for a conditional draft pick, according to the Houston Chronicle. Wow. <laughs> I guess that's a benching, and then uh, so much for being released. And there you go. Wow. I guess Andre Johnson's hurt a little more than 
they're letting on. Uh, yeah, but I mean, they got rid of that problem. That was quick. Took care of that. Did you think that he was a huge problem, Cal? I mean, no, no, I didn't. The most interesting thing about this to me is that three Jet players and uh, supposedly went into their coach and talked to them, uh, talked to him about Schottenheimer. Yet the coach denies it. The players deny it. Yet the print, you know, the paper that printed it in the Daily News has not retracted it. So obviously the players are lying. I mean, I, I honestly side with the paper on this one. Who's li- but who's lying here? Are the players lying? I I I don't think I think the players are lying. I think Rex even let that slip the other day in his press conference yesterday, when they asked him if he had benched Mason because of that, and Rex said, uh, "Well." I, 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 it wasn't about a meeting that we had. We didn't talk about that in the meeting. Oh, wait, so you did have a meeting. So you did have a meeting with Mason, but you didn't talk about the offensive court. It, like, he almost slipped up and said that he had a meeting with Mason. So I, I, I think Ryan and the players are lying here. I think they're trying to cover their tails and trying to uh, uh, make sure that the, the locker room doesn't get fractured. This is a very interesting move, though. They jettisoned a guy that Rex Ryan had to have they got rid of Jericho Cotri for. Uh, it seems like a desperation move to get maybe what is a, a cancerous Derek Mason out of the locker room. But it's be, it, it doesn't solve the larger problem. Everybody seems to everybody seems to think right now that the the larger problem is philosophical for the Jets. It's that Ryan wants to be a ground and pound team and wants them to run the ball, and Brian Schottenheimer is under orders to run the ball and therefore uh, has to alter his game plans to do what Rex Ryan wants him to do. That's one mode of thinking. The other mode of thinking is just that Brian Schottenheimer stinks. Okay. That he can't game plan that we've been saying this for two years, that he doesn't know how to make adjustments in game. He doesn't know how to game plan outside of what he sees on game film. Okay. No quarterback has been successful under him in the six years that he's been with the jets. And he had Brett Favre. And he had Chad Pennington, who went on to be second in the MVP voting the year after he left the Jets. Okay, what players has he made better? And what has he done to scheme to take advantage of the talent that he has? So I'll ask you, Cal, does the overall problem rely or or, or lay with Rex Ryan because he didn't get rid of Brian Schottenheimer? And, And do they have the talent right now, or the personnel to pull off the kind of offense that supposedly Rex Ryan wants to be, the ground-and-pound offense. Well, I'll, I'll, I'll start with the first one. I, I think that a lot of this has to lie with Rex Ryan. I think, um, you know, we've, we've been calling for Brian Schottenheimer for, like you said, for two years, but he's really a scapegoat in all of this, because Ultimately, it's Rex Ryan who runs this team. And that's the other thing that we've said about Rex is that he does not focus on the eye. He only looks at one part of the team, and he has put – now, we think Brian Schottenheimer is wrong for this team, right? Yeah. Okay. Rex Ryan has put half of this team – he's put his faith in Brian Schottenheimer to essentially run half of the team. And if we think that that man is wrong for the job, then the man that has the faith behind him is making a mistake. So ultimately, it's got to lie at the feet of Rex Ryan. Now, well, here's the thing. There's nothing he can do about it right now. 
Right. He's, they've, 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 they've painted themselves into a corner, and I, and I had said this to you yesterday. They were never going to get rid of him in the offseason after they went to back-to-back AFC title games. No, and also with the lockout. I mean, we talked about that idea that they they wanted to keep continuity. They knew a lockout was coming. Right. They just weren't going to do it. Right. The lockout saved his job. And they're not going to get rid of him in season because that would be an admission of a mistake by Rex Ryan. And he will never admit that he made a mistake. It's, It's one of his biggest strengths, but it's also one of his biggest weaknesses, his stubbornness. You know, they're never going to get so so for better or for worse, we're stuck with Brian Schottenheimer. So now what we have is the covert operation of getting everybody on board to come out to the media to say that Brian Schottenheimer is brilliant. Brian Schottenheimer is not the problem. His game plans are good. We all have faith in Schotty. And like you had said yesterday, almost like a script, it's as if they sat down in a meeting and and they passed out a memo to all of the key Jet players that are going to speak to the media, here, this is what you're going to say about Schottenheimer. And, I'll and, stop, and I'm Rex Ryan. I'll start. Right. And they're being asked about it. They know they're going to be asked about it. They know they're going to be asked about the game plan and whatnot. So they're coming out and saying the scripted answer. It's a great game plan. We totally believe in Brian. Blah, 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 blah. When the writing is on the wall, that it's a terrible game plan. That The game plan that he had against the Ravens was god-awful. And the game plan and in-game adjustments he made against the Patriots was god-awful. And yet all that being said, it was Rex Ryan's vaunted defense that couldn't get off the field once again. Once again, could not get off the field with a chance to get Mark Sanchez the ball to win the game. And the Patriots go on a 13-play, 69-yard drive and put the game away, all on the ground, and put the Mm -hmm. game away with a field goal. So the defense is a shell of its former self, Cal. The, The offense looks completely out of sorts. Everybody's regressed. And it's not all – this was the argument that a lot of Jet fans are having on message boards like the gangrene and stuff like that right now, Cal. The big argument that they're having is it doesn't make a difference, Schottenheimer or not, because the personnel is not there. Mark Sanchez is not there. So you can have another offensive coordinator. It's not going to make a difference. Now, I don't agree with that. I, I completely disagree with that. We said it last week, and I think you made the point, and it, it, it is more even more salient today with what's going on with the Jets. And that is, Brian Schottenheimer does not, and has not, over five years, put his players in the best position and situations to succeed. The fact that Dustin Keller is not a 75-catch, 8-touchdown, 900-yard tight end is unfathomable. And, and it, you saw it on Sunday, Cal, when they came out and said that you know, Keller came out today and said, I was being doubled all day. I was being double teamed on Sunday by the Patriots all day. They clearly didn't want me to get the ball, which is why he had one catch for seven yards and two, or six yards and two targets. That's fine. That means that the outside of the field should be open all day, all day. That means that underneath to LaDainian Tomlinson or the backs or the, a second tight end should be open all day. You should have one-on-one matchups all day with linebackers on your running backs. Doesn't take advantage of it. Doesn't well, take advantage the, of it. Well, that, and that's the other thing. And, and, and we were talking about this, too, and this goes back to Rex Ryan and where he's got to be held accountable. He was so, he was so obsessed with reestablishing the ground-and-pound identity that everybody said, oh, you're a ground-and-pound team. What happened to you? Why can't you run the ball? That he chose the wrong week 
to make a statement. You're going up against a team that's given up the most yards passing in the, in the NFL. This is not the week to make your ground and pound statement. Yeah. It just made no sense to me. And you that's, know, I, where that's where everybody's trying to like give him a pass. And say, oh, you know, he was supposed to, he was doing this under Rex Ryan's orders because they had to get back to ground and pound this week. You can't give him a pass. But, exactly. It, it, not only that, but to make adjustments. Look, if 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 he, like we talked about, if he put his if he put his players in the position to succeed, and then they failed, he gets a pass. Because he devised a game plan that is supposed to take advantage of the strength of, strengths of his personnel. And if the personnel can't execute that, then they fail. And then it's not his fault. He did everything that he could. But I, I, look, I'm not there. We're not in the practices. We're in the team meetings. We're not, we're not breaking down film with him. I don't know if, if he's doing everything that he can to take advantage of his personnel skills. But to, from my point of view, it doesn't look like that's happening. It's again. We're, what are we? We're fans, but people in the media and players are saying it. I mean, you know, Chris Jenkins has come out and said the scheme is the problem. Uh, you know, Brian Billick said it. These are good offensive coordinators. I mean, is it any coincidence that guys like Santonio Holmes and Plaxico Burris, who have played under good offensive coordinators like Sean Payton and Brian Bill and Derek Mason, played under Brian Billick? I mean, under good offensive coordinators, have come out and said the game plans are predictable, they stink, and this guy is not very good at his job. I, I, you know, I, don't, I don't understand why it's suddenly insane for a fan to question that, you know, or to question Brian Schottenheimer there. Look, Cal, they play the Miami Dolphins this coming Monday night, right? Nothing to do but go and win and right the ship, and, and, and the 0-4 Dolphins are on the Andrew Luck cruise. You know, fine, if you do that, that does, that's not going to mask the problem. There are bigger problems with this team. And I don't think they're going to go away. And you know what? What Chris Jenkins said today might actually be right. Maybe it's a rebuilding year. But what are they rebuilding, Steve? Well, they have to rebuild somewhat of the offensive line. They lost a big piece off of it. But they're not, but they're not rebuilding right now. If anything, it's a transition year. They're not rebuilding anything. They're, what, what, what they're stuck with right now is what they have. Yeah. There's, no, there's no building, you know? The rebuilding comes in the offseason when Tannenbaum, when Mike Tannenbaum goes out to try to fill in the holes on the offensive line. It might be a transition year. Yeah. Which is unfortunate because, you know what? Rex Ryan's going to burn out. I mean, Rex Ryan looks burnt out already. Yeah. And you can, you can only play this braggadocio, you know, uh, bluster and 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 guarantees and all this stuff. You can only play this card for so long before people we, stop listening. And if you lose, it doesn't work. Period. Well, he he can't play it. He can't play it right now. No, and I don't think he is. No, <clears throat> but but you can't go seven and nine this year, Cal, and then come out in the off season and start talking about the Super Bowl again. And he and he would. And your players, yeah. your players are going to stop listening to you. Well, and that's and that's kind of where the Joe Namath comments come in. Yeah, you know where where he, I I went back and forth on this, and I don't we didn't talk about it last week. I went back and forth on the fact that you know who is who is Joe Namath? Why is he making these comments? Yes, he has a radio show, and he has to 
be controversial for ratings and all that, but he's right in what he says. The thing that we lo- that we loved about Rex was that he pumped up his players, and we always argued, what's the harm in that? Where is, what is he doing that's so egregiously wrong that everybody's killing him for pumping up his players? Don't you want that? Don't you want your coach to make the players feel like they're the best players on the field? want that. And, and it worked to a point. But Joe Namath brought up the flip side of that argument, which I never really considered until he brought it up. And that is, if you pump them... Yeah, and, and we heard others bring up this part of the argument, but they brought it up in, in, in a very... You know, they made it personal, vindictive. They, they don't like the Jets, so, you know, if you, you fill yourself with hot air, you know, you, what are you full of? You're full of nothing, you know? But the way that Joe Namath brought it up, he made, he made a point. Players are going to start believing they're that good, and they're going to stop playing hard because they think that their talent... You know, the coach said, I'm the best, so I don't really work that hard. Because my talent gonna, is, is going gonna, is gonna to rule the day. Yeah, it's and the, I, it's and the, I, and you see, the helmet you, out there, yeah. And you're seeing it, Steve. You, you, with, this, with this team, you're seeing it. That they just they're not going out there giving their best effort. Well, and it's just the mental mistakes and the penalties and stuff that are killing them too. I mean, look, it's obvious. People watch the games; they see the same things that we do. The penalties they had four penalties against uh, in the in the Patriot game that gave the Patriots first downs, including including one on a third and twenty-seven. I mean, you can't make those mistakes. You can't. You know, and so that's that's an undisciplined team. That's a team that's believing its own hype. That's a team that needs to get back to the basics, which I know is a terrible cliche, but it's true. And realize maybe, you know what, you haven't won a blessed thing yet. You haven't won anything. You're out there and you're rolling your helmet out on the field expecting to win and expecting things to go your way. And you haven't won anything yet. So, uh, moving on from <laughs> the, the jet and wow, trading Derek Mason—that is, boy, that's yeah. something. Well, the, uh, it's a conditional seventh-round pick. Okay. So he's really worth nothing. So they got a bag of balls, right? The 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 last thing for me on the Jets is that what what you'd like to see right now. We all knew that this was going to be a tough stretch. These three road games. Going into these three road games, you. you you wouldn't have been surprised if they lost two out of three. This is before. No. This is when they were 2-0. and oh, yep. Going into this three-game stretch, that's why the Oakland game hurt so much, was because you really could see them going to Baltimore and going to New England and losing. Mm-hmm. And you figured if they could go to Oakland and get that win, they'd come home 3-2, mm-hmm. and, and, then, and then you go from there. So the fact that they're 2-3, and three, it's only one game worse than you expected them to be. True. What you want to see out of this team is you want to see them circle the wagons. You want to see them come home and this week get to work and practice. You know, no yeah. fooling around. No more. You know, don't don't believe your hype because you're not that good right now. You're not a good team. Practice like you're not a good team. Practice like you're a team that's that's looking to get better. And 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 take this stuff seriously. And, and, and turn it around. You've got the opportunity, opportunity to turn it around right now. They've got the talent to do it. I, I, don't, I don't have a lot of faith in this coaching staff to turn it around, though. That's, that's, that's where I worry about this team. 
that's the key. I mean, the key is the key is simply that right now, as a fan uh, of the Jets, you can't have a ton of faith right now that this offense can get things turned around. You can't you can't have a ton of faith. And, and and again, the defense has been. Look, they lost a game in uh, Oakland where the defense let them down. They lost a game in in Baltimore where the offense let them down, and then they lost a game in New England where both phases let them down. Mm. So it's time to everybody's been a culprit. Except the special teams, which got them a win, which has been good, right? Which has been fantastic. You could argue Joe McKnight's been their best player. <laughs> and Joe McKnight's the MVP of the season, right there. It's quite possible. Look, let's move on to the Giants real quick, and then I want to do the fun load. But um, the Giants lost that. That's boy, that's terrible. <laughs> yeah, that was bad. I mean, you can't lose to the Seahawks, who win for the first time in the Eastern time zone since the Clinton administration. I, I mean, you can't lose to Charlie Whitehurst. Or you can't lose to Wally Whitehurst. You can't lose to – I mean, come on. No, he's Charlie Whitehurst. I know. I like Wally Whitehurst. He's Remember? not much better than Wally Whitehurst. <laughs> I know. You can't lose that game, Brian. I know. But I, I think that – speaking of rolling your helmets out on the field, I think they were treating that game like a bye. I, I think you're absolutely right. And the fact that Seattle went up 14-7 so quickly in that game, uh, it indicated that, that, that you know they, they got a lot more than they bargained for going into that game. Yeah, I think – I, I feel like Jeff Tuck sits out, Brandon Jacobs sits out, the center boss sits out. It's like, yeah, it's just the Seahawks. Let's take a week and, and get better. You know, and, and maybe we'll take – they play the Bills now this week. Now, that's – boy, nobody had that on the schedule as a as a big-time game. That's a big-time game. That's a huge game. And, and Jet fans suddenly become very big Giant fans this week. You know, we talk about circling the wagons. The Giants are going to need to do that this week, and they're going to really need to take Buffalo seriously. You know, oh, this yeah. is not – this is not – the the cakewalk that they expected it to be. I don't think that should be hard. But I I I think that the Giants uh, will match up very well with the Bills um, uh, this week. And I think if they can just you know sort of control the ground game. I mean, look, the, the Bills won again last uh, last week against the Eagles, but it was mostly on defense. If you know, even Manning just has to keep from turning the ball over. I mean, this is not you know rocket surgery. Yeah, well, but you know, you can't really blame him too much on that last pick. No, that's Cruz. that's Victor Cruz. Yeah, come on, hold on to the ball. I mean, that's two weeks in a row he almost gave. I mean, he gave the game away there, and two weeks ago, of course, he had the fumble that wasn't a fumble. And when is somebody going to sit this kid down and tell him uh, you got two hands? Catch with two hands. <laughs> I mean, every 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 ball he goes for is with one hand, and he's really good at it. But you run the risk of of uh, losing the game for your team. By yeah. doing that, yeah, he needs to uh, he needs to work on ball security. I, yeah. Hey, Victor Cruz, secure those balls. Heyo. Yeah, look what I did there. Um, uh, there's some su- surprising teams. We talked a little bit about the Lions. Uh, I don't think it's any surprise that Green Bay is this good. Uh, you have the surprising teams that are not playing well. The Eagles one and four. The Falcons are one and four. Um, the two Jets. the Jets that are two and three, two you know three teams that were supposed to be real good uh, that have not been. There's a ton of teams at three and two. There seems to be a lot of parity there. 
are you buying on the Lions, Cal? You talked about it a little bit. Are you buying on the Lions? I think it, I think at this point you gotta. Yeah. Right? Don't mm-hmm. you? Think about this. I was thinking about this early, and and because everybody's going to be talking about this in a couple of weeks, I'm going to bring it up now. Everybody to the punch and talk about the Thanksgiving. What about Thanksgiving? Well, for how many years have we suffered through the early Thanksgiving game? <laughs> it's true. How many years think, has it just sucked? Well, well, think about how think about how bad the Lions have been for how long. And it was always, oh, well, let's just you know, we'll put it on, but we're really waiting for the Cowboy game, and then they introduced the Sunday night game. But this year, the early Thanksgiving game is the Lions and the Packers. That's hot. I mean, how great is that? That's going to be hot action. That's going to be a sosuente. I uh, I love that. I think that's going to be fantastic. And, and again, it was always the Lions game was always, uh, are they playing my team? They're not playing yep. my team. Yeah, that was the only, uh, I'm making gravy, or i got to put sweet potatoes on, or i got to do something. Right. Uh, or I'm eating like a complete gavon and bulking out on appetizers and the antibast when I should be waiting for the turkey. I bulk. I always bulk out on on like the crackers and cheese or the you know. There's a lot of good dips going on. Well, what are you gonna do? It's out. You're not gonna ignore it. I know. They put it out. You're gonna have it. I know. I bulk out, but maybe now I'll be paying attention to this game. Do you do the meatball soup? <laughs> no. No, I don't. No. Oh. What is that? Are you gonna take my Italian card away or? No, I'm not going to take it away. It's like the Italian wedding soup, but it's like a little meat, you make the little meatballs in the broth, right. and it's nice. You put a little, little cheese on it. Very, very simple. It's, it's an appetizer. Right. It's a hearty peasant-type soup. Very nice. Meatball soup. Sounds delicious. Yeah. Sounds very nice. But, I, but anyway. I feel like my Thanksgiving is lacking now somehow. Well, we'll, we'll get you a little meatball soup. See but if you make a little. You, make a, you, you have a little meatball soup, and you sit down, and you watch the Lions and Packers, and... I just, you know, you got to buy on the Lions right now. You got to. I, I I think they're good. Um, as long as Stafford stays healthy, I'll be, I mean, I'll be, I'm going to ask you all this, the cliches that you want. As long as they stay healthy and if that defensive line develops as, as we think they're going to and they get a little luck of the Motown going. Not to be confused with luck of the Irish. Luck of the Motown? Luck, yeah, luck, luck of the Motown. Motown has not been very lucky. It has not. That's I see what I did there. It's irony. Yeah, that's my ironic. It's very ironic. Are you? <laughs> we have to go. Is that our producers? I feel like we're on the old Letterman show. <laughs> yeah. Don't forget to. What was his producer saying? Say through to your pets. How? Yeah. I just do that instead of a rim shot. I just, I just, whenever I hear just an awesome. Failed joke or awesome, awesome <laughs> joke. I have to hit the, the Cal Burnett theme. All right, that's fair. That's good. That's well, all I'm, that I'm, means. I'm, I'm not trying to play you off. I was like last week. I wasn't trying to play Nello off. <laughs> I, but he he was he was, he made uh, a reference to uh, pregame shows. Everybody being clowns. So I jumped on the Carol Burnett theme, but then you were like, "Well, we gotta go." I was like, "Oh, they didn't get it." Okay. <laughs> it was a, it was a little too meta in the moment there. 
Well, that's teach. my that's my problem. That's that's why I can't keep a job. That's a, <laughs> is that why? Yeah, they don't get me. I think it's I think it's uh, the pants optional thing. I think you should work on that. I don't know what that means. Wear pants. <laughs> is that all that means? I think when they come into the control room at IMG and you're working on something, you're working on world's strongest man, they expect you to have your pants on. That's all. I look. I very in in. I I work very long hours and very often I do work without my shoes. I will I will I will do that. That's fine. I had to stop there. As long as you don't have a foot odor problem. Never. That, like Mr. Costanza. I'm fastidious. I had a foot odor problem. Uh oh. Foot huh? odor. Time for the fun Yes, it's time for the it's time for the ready to unload unload ready to unload fun load. Uh, who's screaming in the background there, Bish? Kitty. Is that the cat again? Kitty had a fight today. Kitty Kitty got the worst of it. Came home with a gash over the eye. Oh no. Oh yeah. Which cat is that now? That's uh, Susie Durkins. Susie Durkins, right? Susie Durkins, that, named, at, that, named after Calvin and Hobbes, the uh, comic strip. Right. Is that the only cat you have left? We killed the rest. Oh. Yeah. No, 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 no. Let's save your letters and your emails, please. He did not kill his cat. Yes. Oh, made a nice meatball soup. Hey, hey. Um, <laughs> we uh, are we done with football, Cal? I I I feel fine about football. I just, I just wanted, I just wanted to get PJ's take on the big Lions Niners matchup this week. Look, I, I can't, I can't believe Detroit. I can't believe it. I also can't believe the Bills. This football season in general is shocking to me. I was expecting really nothing, and I'm getting these teams that are doing these great things. So look, I will probably watch a Detroit Forty ers game. Wow, the Forty ers are four and one as well. That's the big That's why I brought it up. It's the it's the marquee game of the week. I see right. what you did there, Cal. Nobody six weeks out was going to say this is this is like Clash of the Titans week. No, certainly not. Right? And this has not been Clash of the Titans in some time. No. Yeah. No. Uh, I'm making no reference, of course, to the actual Titans. I just meant. Correct. <laughs> or the movie franchise. Or the movie, right? Harry Hamlin. <laughs> Harry Hamlin. <laughs> Harry Hamlin rescued many shows and yeah. many movie franchises. That was not among them. Um, <laughs> so what we wanted to talk to you about here in the fun load, uh, Bish, is uh, hockey, the NHL. Now, there's no NBA, as you probably are well aware. I know how much you've been keeping with the NBA labor uh, situation and the lockout. hundred games down the toilet. And yeah. you know that's 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 the first salvo. So let's let's see where it goes from there. Yeah, this has to be one of the stupidest lockouts in the history of 
of professional organized sports. Well, it's not it's not any stupider than the football lockout. No, no, no from this aspect, Cal. And and again, I don't pretend to know uh, the ins and outs or the intricate details of the negotiations or what the. All I know is this: I I can't for the life of me understand how the owners are somehow surprised that there's a financial problem in the league when they are giving 12 men on the bench seven-year, 125 million dollar contracts. Like, like, you're shocked now, all of a sudden? Well, I don't think the owners are surprised. I think they realize, oh, we got to fix it. But it's too late. Cat's out of the bag. You can't give an, a, you know, a, a marginal player at best a seven-year, $135 million contract. And then say, oops, just kidding. Our bad. Yeah, no, you're right. Yeah. We the Occupy Wall you. Street crowd's going down there tomorrow. <laughs> they, they should. They're going to go protest what these guys get paid. Exactly. <laughs> There's no reason for marginal players at best to make the the money that they're making. Ugh. Oh, anyway, there's no NBA, okay? So it's all about hockey, PJ. There's no front end to the NBA. There's there no will be an NBA. They're not shutting it down. Ah. Maybe, well, this year they might. They might. You might not see a game played this season, my friend. Yawn. Yeah, I know. I'd be so upset. Uh, but that means that hockey is front and center of the NHL. Right. Fish, and, and well, what's it going to take for us to put you into the NHL today? Oh, it's a, a lot. I mean, really? really? Yes. Really? I'll Let me give you some of its finer selling points. You ready? Yeah, really, because you're going to have well, what is to be gained? First of all, fighting is legal. In fact, it's all right. encouraged. All right. That's no, all that, right. Okay. Pretty good little number one right there, huh? Well, I've seen they they do have tempers. Yes. Uh, number two, it's uh, chasing after a puck on the ice at 100 miles an hour while skating with a stick. I'm appealing to your base. You know, this is the, this is like the the base of the model here. Okay. I admit that that is something I cannot do. Exactly. It's something right. that very few people can do. Right. Number three. Okay. These guys have the hottest wives out of any professional athletes. I did not know that. It's a proven fact. Really? Did they have like it's their true. own maxim issue or something? They have they have the best looking wives and girlfriends. Girlfriends. Really? Girlfriends. Because that they're all white. <laughs> that could be. Wow. Well, most of them are between the ages of eighteen and twenty three, so many of them are not wives. Right, wow. and also many of the uh, many of these men are uh, Europeans. They're so nice. Mm-hmm. No, they. they I, have meant the that, I meant that as a serious question, though. Is that because they're all white? I mean, I, I really did mean that. No, they're not all white. That's true. No, really? Really? They're not a- Asians. There's a thick sprinkled around. <laughs> all right. See, I was unaware of that too. That was the the uh, race was not going to be a selling point, and it will not be. <laughs> so moving on. I don't mean that as a provocateur. I meant that is purely naive. Yes. Uh, say, PJ, say, PJ, how do you feel about mullets? 
better on women than men. Okay. Uh, obviously. So you're in like Flynn. That works. Uh, you have a very fast-moving game. Okay? The games take less than three hours. They're timed. Okay? You get intermissions. You get a nice 15-minute break between periods. Go to the bathroom, shower. You can watch a whole game on DVR in an hour and 20 minutes. Okay? Yeah. So, and because it's hockey, and there are unbelievably strong allegiances to teams, but they are so open to getting any sort of fans, you could pick any team you want. Oh, see, that's like pledging the loser fraternity. That's what that sounds like to me. Why? Why don't you go pledge Beta Chi? They'll take anybody. No, 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 no. I didn't mean it that way. I meant that, you know, if you jump on the bandwagon as a Yankee fan right now, you're mm-hmm. gonna be a you're gonna be a bandwagon Yankee fan. You're not gonna have enjoyed the World Series from the '90s or whatever. You could jump on right. the hockey team. Nobody will know. Right, because there it's always rock bottom. It's, you can only go up. With such you, a league. You, you could pretend that you've been there for years. Well, well, then why don't I start with roller derby? You know, does it have to be the NHL? I don't know. Do you like singing along to the anthems of 80s arena rock? No. <laughs> that's a lie. No, that's Every, right. Everybody I, does, PJ. Really? Yes. Everybody does. Can you give me some examples of what might be played at a typical game? Um, Cal, you were just at the game on Monday. Brought the girls. It's a family what did, affair. Pete. What did they play yesterday? They played a little... Uh... Cal was at the game yesterday. Brought the girls to their first sporting event ever. A hockey game he chose. Smartly. You know why? You can bring the kids, Pete. You know why? It's a fast-moving game. You just said there was fighting. Exactly. Exactly. Teaching the children right from wrong. Oh, right. It's affordable. <laughs> Go back to the arena rock thing, because I think you may have them here, Cal. What did they play yesterday? There had to be some poison played. Had to be. They played a little rock and roll by Gary Glitter, obviously. Um, if white well, actually wasn't played, I'll eat my hat. They didn't play a lot of 80s, now that I think about it. A lot of 90s music was played. Even Chumbawamba? You fan oh, of Chumbawamba? We've, we've had that conversation. I have the album. Are you, are you the fan for Chumbawamba? Would have loved that. The remaining fan, yeah. Um, uh, there, was, there was a Poison song, but it wasn't... Uh, no, I can't remember what it was. Was it Talk Dirty to Me or Something to Believe it in? No, it wasn't something. It certainly wasn't something to believe in. Wow. Unskinny it been... Bop. That was... oh, yeah, it was Unskinny Bop. It was Unskinny Bop. Unskinny Bop. Well, they brought out Unskinny Bop. See? Unskinny Bop. You're loving this movie, you? You're loving this in Yeah. Are you a big fan of when a the home team scores a goal, the most annoyingly loud siren... We'll go off <laughs> for a good minute and ten seconds, uh, but you'll be pumped. You'll be pumped up. 
<clears throat> and every team has this. Am I correct, Cal? Every team has it. As a matter of fact, when the Islanders scored yesterday, they unveiled their new goal song. Oh boy. Okay. Uh, I got. I have to get the name of the song because I don't remember exactly what it was. But it's by Joe Satriani. Of course it is. Of course it is. <laughs> Absolutely. I think, I think. I think we're really close to pushing you over the edge. Okay, and into hockey for this season. So what? What would be the clincher here? Would the Would the clincher be? Oh boy, would the clincher be? Well, wait, PJ, all, do you, all how do you take is there's got to be some there's got to be something that will turn into a vested interest for me. Something's got to keep me there. I was I was a very casual football fan until I started to notice the Bills and the Jets in the same week. And then that turned into a whole AFC East thing for me. I kind of got really into that. You know okay. what I mean? You know what? You know what we need to do, Steve. I have yeah. I have the perfect the, the perfect solution for this. Yes. If he wants a vested interest in something, PJ needs to watch an Islander Ranger game. Yes. Oh. This this coming Saturday night, first game of the right. season between the Islanders and the Rangers. Uh, you will see passion. You will see uh, uh, rivalry. Maybe one of the best rivalries, uh, certainly in New York sports. I think it's the best rivalry left in New York sports because they play each other seven times a year. Um, you will see two fan bases that do not like each other. Oh. Uh, here's another two more selling points for hockey for you, Peach. One, they only play like once every like three or four days. They very rarely play on back-to-back nights. That's true. Not a lot of commitment needed. It's a, it's a, it's not like baseball where you got to watch every friggin' night. You could have a game on Tuesday. You don't got another game until Friday. Yeah, there's no chance. I mean, yeah, because I, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm really casual about <laughs> about <Right>. sports. <laughs> I mean, really, really casual. Yeah, exactly. So you could go like three days and then be like, oh, hockey's on tonight. Sweet. I totally forgot I even liked it. Okay, and then, speaking of casual and comfort, oh. I know I know you are a bit of a bigger man, as am Roomy. I. Roomy, Roomy. Okay, the hockey jersey, widely accepted by big men. Oh, every- oh, oh! No, you're not going to try to put me in a uniform now. Not a uniform, a hockey jersey. Everybody wears them. I don't. I haven't. Oh. I never wore a Jets tee or anything. But this is, I'm not talking about a Jets team. I'm talking about the hockey jersey. The hockey jersey lends itself to the big guy. Your 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 Kevin Smith, your drummer for the Dave Matthews Band. Uh, I, there I can I'd, go on. Honestly, I'd rather just lose the weight. <laughs> they have to. I, that does not appeal to me. There, no, I don't. I don't wear team hats. I don't wear team well, team shirts or jerseys. Wait, wait, hold on. You're both talking at once. I'm sorry. <laughs> and I think we lost Cal. Oh, Cal, are you still I'm here? All right. I am here. We knocked Cal. I was saying here. that there were a lot of. <laughs> there are a lot. No, of, I'm here. 
ill-fitting uh, hockey jerseys, Cal, is that correct? Yes. And PJ was saying that the hockey jersey being comfortable is not a sell. Okay. So you don't want the so you don't want the uh the rims on the car. That's fine. That's right. I think everything else we've talked about, I think it's time for you to come over to uh Islander Country. <clears throat> Here's what I'm gonna do for you. All right. This is what this is what I'm gonna do. I will watch a game. I will even let you record me watching the game. <laughs> we could do a live simulcast <laughs> of wow. me taking in a game, and you can even turn the sound up on the game. I will try it. All right, sir. Clacking boards and all. And then but we'll watch... report back. We'll I'm, telling, I'm telling if you watch an Islander Ranger game, that's your best way. That's your best introduction to this Saturday night Isles Rangers. I want you in. Do I need to understand the rules? Somewhat. <laughs> do you know? Do you know the rules? Do you know the rules to um, uh, soccer? I, there was one. Like offsides and stuff like that. Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, hockey's offsides is easier to understand than soccer's because it's based on a blue line. Okay. Okay, so it's not based on the farthest player back on the play or whatever soccer's ridiculously ambiguous offsides rule is. Mm-hmm. Hockey's different. Hockey, if you're over the line without the puck before your teammate, you're offsides, period. All that's right. An easy, that's an easy one. All right, Cal? Correct me if I'm wrong here, Cal. No, that's that's very easy. My um my eight year old daughter understood uh, offsides after watching one game yesterday. Easy See, now. so there you go. Now, in fairness, it's, in fairness to PJ, now. she is significantly brighter than PJ is. <laughs> no, I, I, I don't. me at the kids' table in a fat <laughs> shirt. <laughs> so let's, nah. let's recap. We want you to like hockey because because you can wear a fat jersey. And and dumb it's people like you can too bright. right. And dumb people like you can understand the rules of the game. Mm-hmm. How's, how's that? Did we sell you? That's nice. And there's That's fighting, nice. so it appeals to the base element in everybody. Right. It's my lizard brain. <laughs> right. No, seriously, Peach. As yeah. an assignment, we want we want you to watch the Isles Rangers game on Saturday night. Can you do that? Um, I will do that, and I will I will report back. Whether, whether Bishop is in, Bishop is out, or Bishop is indifferent. <laughs> we the, song with, the, the song is called Crowd Chant by Joe Satriani. So you're telling wow. me that Joe Satriani wow, wrote, Joe. wrote a song for the crowd to chant? Yes, it's called Crowd Chant. And the fans got to vote on it. The, uh, the, the, the songs that did not make the cut were Kickstart My Heart, by Motley Crue. Sure. Play it out. Uh, Hell Yeah by Rev Theory. Goodbye. Okay. And Heaven Can Wait by Iron Maiden. Oh, I know what PJ would have voted for. <laughs> that is a terrible Iron Maiden song. Hey, <laughs> let that fight and wit. That's why I did that, it. At least it's Maiden. 
that is off. That's that that that's the kind of song like if your English teacher was trying to be cool, like your sixty year old English teacher in eighth grade, he'd come in and like, okay, kids, I got you an Iron Maiden tape we're gonna play today, and he'd put on <laughs> Heaven Can Wait. Is your so teacher know is your teacher, is your teacher Bill Cosby in this equation? Put <laughs> <laughs> it and the with the thing. I didn't know you went to school and Fat Albert was your teacher. But uh, <laughs> look at this. You're, you're on fire. Too bad we got to end the show. That's it. All right. That is all the time we have. I've never did watch hockey. I'd uh, like to thank the Bishop for producing for us, and we'll get his take on hockey next week. Uh, bishop, final unload. With the high sticking and the low sticking, and where does the stick go? Thank you. And <laughs> over to Cal for your final unload. <laughs> I, yeah, I don't even know how to top that. I will say Derek Mason, we hardly knew ye. Yeah, that was good riddance. Good riddance. And my final unload is uh, today marks the 25th anniversary of the Lenny Dykstra walk-off home run. Cal against the uh, the Houston Astros in the NLCS, 1986, Game Three. Game Three, and a little-known fact is I was not watching it live. Well, you would have been in school. No, no, it was a Saturday afternoon. Was it a Saturday? I was playing football at Comac High School. I was playing in a uh, a neighborhood game that had been planned for weeks. And uh, I will never, ever, ever, never, ever live that down. It was, wow. the only, it was the only, basically the only four innings of the season I missed that. Yeah. We'll have to, did we you may, win? We might have to. I did. We may have to devote an entire show to this, though. The guilt. Wow. I'm racked with guilt. We are going to need to talk about this. We are. I am racked with guilt! Uh, <laughs> tune in next uh, next week. We'll talk about football, we'll talk about baseball, we'll talk about all kinds of stuff. Maybe even have a special guest. Check out www.rtusports.com for Daniel Alderondo's writing. Daniel's going to be doing some more stuff for us on the site, so check that out. And uh, check out the iTunes version of this. Click on the iTunes link in the Blog Talk Radio player to subscribe to Ready to Unload. For Brian Calvi, I'm Steve Sampietro. We will see you next time on the podcast. Thanks, everybody. Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. 
No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.